Oh, the holidays. A time of meaning. A time of great meaning. A time of many different meanings for many different people all around the world. And for many, time of great and intense stress. So today on The Resilient Father, I'm breaking out the toolbox and I'm going to share with you the most recent techniques I've discovered for relieving stress. Yeah, I'm resilient. Won't get caught up in my woes. I just do it for those ten tiny fingers and toes. All right, so as with any stressful period of life, you're going to be dealing with the three ghosts the ghost of stress present, the ghost of stress past and the ghost of stress future. So one you might find yourself in immediately stressful situations. The present. What can you do if you find yourself in the moment stressed out, overwhelmed, blown out, shut down, emotionally unstable, whatever it is? What can you do to cope in the moment? And then of course, no discussion of mental health would be complete without discussing the past. Is there something that's upsetting you that has to do with past events? Are you ruminating or looking back on something that's happened to you in the past that's really affected you deeply? What can you do about situations like that? Or what if you've been through a very stressful situation, you are emotionally destabilized afterwards? How can you calm down? How can you regulate yourself? How can you get yourself into a better place? And then finally, we have the ghost of the future. There are going to be situations that you might face during this potentially stressful period of your life that you look into the future and go, oh man, I really don't want to have to deal with that. Or maybe you're looking into the future and expecting yourself to act in a way that you might not like to. Either you're going to be anxious or you're afraid you're going to get angry, lose your cool, whatever it is. Is there a situation in the future you're looking towards and not looking forward to because of a potentially bad outcome you're afraid of? That's going to be technique number three. We're going to work through that. So let's start with the present. In my experience, most people can withstand a pretty good amount of stress. A lot of people have coping skills and, and a certain amount of ability to kind of just knuckle down and get through stuff that they need to get through. But for all of us, we reach sort of a breaking point. We reach a point where stuff is just too intense, we're too emotionally activated, and a lot of times you'll see people do things like either they start losing their cool and they get really upset, they can't kind of control themselves or stop themselves from acting a certain way. Um, they may find themselves sort of shutting down emotionally, so they get this really strong urge to just run away, not talk to anybody, kind of go inside themselves and be quiet and reserved. It's different for everybody, but you know, you know how it feels when you reach your breaking point and things have gone too far. So what do we do about it? Uh, I actually have two techniques for you today. So two for the price of one pretty exciting stuff. The first one is something I'm going to be honest with you. I've blatantly ripped off from another content creator who's much, much more famous than I am. Uh, some of you might know him as Andrew Huberman of the famous Huberman Labs podcast. So shout out to you, Andrew Huberman, totally stealing your idea and sharing it on my show. It's something that I learned actually uh, early on in my clinical practicum, and I shared it with quite a few of my clients. And 
I was really impressed with it. I mean, it, it helped me a lot and I found it helped a lot of my clients as well regulate themselves. This is called the physiological sigh. It's a breathing technique and it's incredibly simple. It's very easy to do and it's very, very effective for calming you down and helping you relax. And it goes like this. You take two sharp kind of longer inhales and then one very long, slow exhale. So... And that's it. Two sharp inhales. And one very long, slow exhale. You really want to emphasize the exhale. And what's happening here, according to Andrew Huberman, I guess this is a technique he's kind of been studying and pioneering in his lab, is that when you do two sharp inhales, you sort of help to inflate the alveoli, the air sacs in your lungs, allowing them to expand more fully than they might otherwise. Uh, and then this allows sort of your lungs to more effectively release carbon dioxide from the bloodstream, get rid of it, which can help to kind of reduce your overall level of stress and activation. And then finally, the long, slow exhale actually changes the pressure in your chest cavity and causes a very quick and direct slowing down of your heart rate. Turns out sighing is actually a really important physical process. Without sighing, your lungs would not be able to stay inflated. You see it being done across the animal kingdom. Dogs and cats sigh. It's a really critical regulatory mechanism for animals that breathe. And, you know, you'll see people do it even after they're really stressed out. If they've gone through a really tough period and they're finally starting to wind down and calm down, they'll sigh. Or you'll see people sigh sometimes just deliberately trying to calm themselves down. It's just they don't really realize what it is their body's trying to do when they go, ah. You can repeat this cycle as many times as necessary. So I've actually found it works really well. It's just a breathing technique. You know, you do it four, five, six, seven times in a row when you're really stressed out, really activated. Or even I've done it before bed. It really helped me kind of relax one night and get to sleep. Um, but I like it because it gives you a lot of control. You know, it, it can be really hard to control your emotions. It can be really hard to regulate yourself. And something that, unless you're in the depths of a really brutal panic attack, something that you pretty much always have at least some level of conscious control over is your breathing. And so if you're getting stressed out, if you're getting blown out of the water, if you're starting to shut down emotionally, start this breathing technique because it's one thing that you can absolutely have control over, and it may not feel like it in the moment or immediately when you start doing it, but activating the relaxation response, as we've talked about before on the show, creates sort of a, a bottom-up regulatory process where as your body becomes more relaxed, your brain will actually respond to that and start to respond to stressors in more regulated, conscious, controlled, and healthy ways. So right off the bat, you start freaking out, you start getting stressed out, Double inhale, long, prolonged exhale. The next technique is a little bit more well-known. If you've done therapy, you might have been introduced to this one in the past. But again, it's something that I've really come to appreciate as a counselor, as I've used it with clients. I've really seen in real time, in you know, kind of direct action, the positive effects that this can have on people for helping them learn to regulate themselves. So... This is another technique, you might be familiar with it, it's called grounding, straight out of mindfulness. So again, when we're talking about mindfulness, the point of being mindful is you're pulling yourself back out into the present moment. In my experience, when people reach a point where they're kind of emotionally shut down or they're completely sort of blown out emotionally, 
a lot of times they've sort of lost contact with the present moment. Either they've gone deep inside their head into their thoughts or they're deep inside their emotions and they're really kind of dysregulated and they're just, they're not truly there. They're not a hundred percent inside themselves. They're not a hundred percent themselves. So what grounding techniques allow you to do is they pull you out of loops. They pull you out of emotional loops. They pull you out of cognitive loops and they redirect the little tiny spotlight of your mind and your attention out of the problem and onto the present moment. And that gives you just a little bit of space. It sort of opens up a window where you can calm yourself and redirect your focus to more positive, productive things. And also I found it really just helps to pull people out of this awful gritty feeling of just not being themselves, being blown out, being emotionally shut down, however you want to describe it. You know, the feeling when you've had it before, when it's just, everything's too much. This is a really effective technique for helping to reduce that. And it's really as simple as contacting your senses, your five senses in the present moment. I'll give you a couple of examples now. You can kind of try out for yourself. One of the most popular ones is called the 54321 technique. So, for example, you pick five things you can see, and literally you just look around and name five objects around you in the room. There's that thing, there's that thing, there's that thing. Then you pick four things you can hear. And you name four things you can hear. You touch three things. So you think of three things you can touch and you literally feel them and just pay attention to the texture and what it feels like. You think of two things you can taste and either you can actually taste it or you can just imagine what it might taste like. And then finally, one thing that you can smell. You can also do things like touch your fingertips together and feel your fingertips touch. Take that physiological side take a breath in and feel you know your air as it touches the sides of your nostrils feel the breath as it fills up your lungs you can wiggle your toes and feel your toes in the bottom of your shoes literally anything that brings you into contact with your five senses in the here and now is something that's going to ground you and again it sounds almost too simple it sounds almost too good to be true but i can tell you i've had multiple sessions with clients who were going through some really challenging stuff who were really in the thick of just deep emotional pain and you know doing this technique this grounding really brought them back kind of down and into a place where they felt much more stable and and very quickly too so don't count this out if you're really starting to struggle emotionally and you're really starting to kind of lose your cool shut down run away from people just not doing well try grounding you might find it's very effective so that's the stress of the present what about the stress of the past. So either you're thinking back on something that's really upsetting to you that you just can't accept or let go of, or maybe you've just been through a really stressful or challenging situation and now you're really wound up and it's kind of sticking with you and you can't let it go, you can't wind down, you can't relax. What do you do? What do you do when you have just an awful feeling inside of yourself and you so badly want to get rid of it and it will not go away? Well, my friends, this is a mindfulness-heavy episode. We're going to be covering another sort of mindfulness technique, but slightly different flavor to it. This one is called dual awareness. And what you're going to do is think of the feeling that you have in the moment when you're upset. 
If you want to try this out with me now, you could even just look for a little bit of stress inside your body. You know, you might be carrying some tension in your shoulders. There might be kind of a pit in your stomach, or there might be something that recently stressed you out that you kind of think back on and, and bring some of that up as you, you know, think about it now. Whatever it is, you know, just take a moment. What you want to do with this technique is find the feeling inside of your body. So typically when you're really upset, you're emotionally activated, you're distressed, there's going to be a corresponding physical feeling in your body. And, you know, like I said, it could be tension, it could be a pit in your stomach. A lot of times people will feel feelings sort of roll or swell or, or expand or be heavy inside of them. Again, whatever it is, just kind of notice how you're feeling physically. And you want to get in touch with that feeling. Notice where it is, notice kind of how big it is, notice the qualities of it. And what you're going to do is try to imagine it as a thing. So if you look at that feeling inside of your body, can you picture it as maybe an object or an energy? So for example, a lot of people will think, you know, uh, they'll get the imagery of like, it feels like a rock in the pit of my stomach, or they'll say it feels like electricity crackling around, or they'll get like a kind of almost a metaphorical thing. Like they'll say like, oh, I see a clock because it reminds me of the past. Again, let your mind and your imagination kind of just bring up whatever it wants, but feel the feeling, turn it into something, a physical object or an energy, some, turn it into some kind of you know representative metaphor. And then what you're going to do is you're going to sit with it. You look at that feeling, that emotion, that pain, that past experience, and you say to it, I am going to accept you. I'm going to allow you to be here. And then literally what you do is you want to split your attention. You're going to go back to these grounding skills that I talked about before. You're going to split your attention between the present moment and the feeling that you're having in your body. And personally, I found this works best with breathing. So, you know, you can start sort of slow, relaxed breathing and literally just notice the feeling of your breath as it goes in and out of your nose. You know, you can feel your chest expanding you can feel the air as it passes through your wind passages and as you're feeling yourself breathing and breathing slowly you also want to feel the feeling in your body and see the imagery of it that you've created and just allow it to be there and you just sort of continue to do both of those things it's called dual awareness now it's, it's very hard to actually focus on two things at the same time really probably what you'll be doing is sort of very quickly cycling your attention back and forth between the two things but the key is that you want them to exist together at the same time your mind is not something that works well with subtraction and something i learned recently is that a lot of times people when they're struggling emotionally or they're mentally ill they're desperately trying to get rid of thoughts they're trying to get rid of feelings they're trying to get stuff out of their brain and your brain is just really not very good at forgetting things or getting rid of them it really it works by adding stuff in your brain is always building on itself it's is rarely taking things away and so if you're trying to work with a really difficult emotion or memory if you try to get rid of it, you often end up just kind of adding more fuel, adding more weight to it, and it comes back stronger on you the next time. It's like pushing a beach ball underwater, shoots back up with even more energy into your face. So the alternative to that is we want to add something into the feeling or the memory, and then by doing so, you sort of almost dilute it. It's almost like adding a solvent. You're sort of putting something else in that helps to dissolve or shift the quality of the feeling, and thus you'll begin to feel better. 
that's the case of this breathing and this mindfulness. Instead of fighting with the feeling, blah, 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 instead of fighting with the feeling, you're allowing it to be, and you're adding in this new dimension of mindfulness and calm breathing. And literally, if you sit for a while, it could get quite uncomfortable, right? It, it, sometimes these feelings, when you allow them to be and you breathe with them like this, they get a little bit more intense. And, and that can feel like quite a lot. But if you really commit to just allowing it to be and mindfully breathing and just sticking with the breathing, you want to really stick with keeping the breathing regulated and stick with maintaining that dual awareness side by side of the present moment, but also the feeling in the past. Yeah, uh, it can be very impressive what happens. It's almost like, you know, people are pulling and pulling and pulling at a door. And then it turns out it's one of those click ones where you have to push it in and it goes and then it pops open, right? So there's really this element of when you fight with your emotions, if instead you just allow them to be and sit with them and add in something else, they really start to shift and change. So give this one a shot. Again, I found it really, really effective for people and effective for stuff that was sticky, right? Like I, I know a lot of tricks. I know a lot of interesting ways of reframing your thinking and, and doing therapy with people. And some people really were very hard to work with. Some people had problems that were just very, very challenging and very kind of deeply ingrained inside themselves. And they didn't respond to a lot of the therapy stuff I tried, but this technique was one that consistently has served me very, very well, even with some of the most challenging cases that I've, I've had so far. So highly recommend trying this dual awareness technique, this sort of mindful breathing with using imagery and, and contacting sort of the feelings that you have in your body. Very huge, very helpful. And then finally, we have the future. Stress future. What do you do when you're looking at something that's going to be happening and you're afraid you're going to react in a way that you don't want? You're afraid you're going to act in a way that you don't want. You're afraid you're going to have intense feelings that you don't want to have. What can you do? We're going to switch gears here. This next technique comes from my neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis background. It's called the swish. You can think of the swish as practice for the future. Literally, what we're going to be doing is using mental imagery to generate a new possible outcome, a new possible set of feelings and responses. So what you want to do is think about a situation in the future. Think about a situation where either you're expecting to act in a way that you would rather not, or you're expecting to feel a way that you would rather not. And take a moment now and create in your mind a mental picture of this situation. So literally like create a, a single mental image to kind of either imagine yourself in that moment or represent the moment to yourself and, and almost put it up in, on your mind's eye like it's on a, on a TV screen or on a picture frame and really get just a, a clear image of what you see. Most people will, will end up picturing themselves, say, um, becoming extremely anxious and, and freaking out or they'll have a picture of themselves becoming extremely angry or, you know, whatever it is. But create this really vivid mental image of, of that thing and, and notice how it makes you feel in your body. And then what you want to do is take that, set it aside, put it aside, and you're going to now create another mental image of the ideal outcome. What do you actually want to have happen? How would things play out if they were playing out in the way that you truly desired and would like. So can you imagine yourself sort of carrying out a different habit? Can you imagine yourself having a different behavior? Can you imagine yourself responding 
confidently or calmly in a certain situation. And really, again, create a vivid mental image of that. Create a picture of yourself doing the thing, behaving in the way. I'm going to say that chances are that image is more pleasant to look at and less stressful to call up into your mind. Got that? What you're going to do is set that one aside now. And we're going to bring up the bad one again. So it's kind of right up in front of your face, right up in your mind's eye. And what you're going to do is take the bad image and you're going to slowly push it away far off into the distance till it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And as that one's getting smaller and going further away, you're going to bring the positive image, the desired image up. You're going to bring it up into the forefront until it covers up the other one and takes over the space. And it's big and bright and vivid and right up in your face. And then we're going to do it again. And you're going to do it faster this time. So you're going to have the bad one pop up and it's going to shoot off into the distance and the good one's going to pop up in its place. And, you know, even if you want to take it a step further, physically imagine yourself in the scenario. So imagine yourself about to kind of go into the thing that's going to stress you out or imagine yourself about to kind of spout off and say something you're going to regret and then bring up this image, right? Bring up the picture of you about to do that and then pow, disappears and snap. The other one shows up in its stead, right? And really like take a second to do this five or six times and do it faster and faster each time so that it's almost instantaneous that the bad one gets replaced by the good one and do it a few times. Boom, boom, boom. And what should happen is that eventually they'll just do it instantly. They'll go on their own. And ideally, if you kind of work at this a little bit, you sort of literally practice doing something different in your mind and and almost like install it as a, an automatic response with this sort of instant shift. A lot of times what people find is they're able to change their behavior, kind of pushing this negative image away, reduces the intensity of it, and bringing up the positive one causes a, a nice shift in their physical feeling. And as a result, they're actually able to pick a different set of behaviors in the future. And, and a lot of times they'll actually find themselves almost behaving unconsciously like they go to do what they would always do and it's like that's not there anymore and the other thing is there so again i haven't done this one i think as much justice this is a little bit harder to teach i've done kind of the coles notes on it if you give it a try as is and it works great um you may want to look it up as well there's lots of great tutorials on how to do the nlp swish nlp swish you can check it out um there's a lot of kind of variations and and you can apply it to a lot of different things in your life i found it personally extremely helpful for social anxiety i, I would go as far as to say it cured my social anxiety in university i had really bad social anxiety i would you know try to go to parties and and leave because i just couldn't talk to people i felt so awkward and I did this technique and night and day difference. I was able to go to parties. I was able to, you know, I still felt awkward, but I was able to stay there and be confident and have conversations with people. So really, I get a lot out of this skill. I use it a lot with clients. It really helps people to just change parts of their behavior that they really don't want. And it allows them to kind of practice and construct new feelings for themselves and new situations for themselves in places that otherwise they would normally be challenged. So really recommend this technique. Highly suggest you give it a shot if you're anticipating some upcoming stress in your life. Or hey, maybe you're trying to stick to a diet. Works for all kinds of different problems and situations you might run into where you're worried about something in the future. 
So there you have it, dads, the most up-to-date techniques I've been finding and using to great effect on myself and my clients. If you're in a moment of stress present, the physiological sigh and grounding. If you're stuck in distress past, use dual awareness and mindful breathing. And if you're worried about stress future, the NLP swish. So regardless of whatever meaning you make out of the holidays, whatever denomination you follow, whatever you end up doing, I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that it is filled with love and warmth and light. And I hope that this little gift that I've given you ends up being helpful in some way. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Take care of yourself, Dad.